and welcome to the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This is episode 138, Taco Insights. And we're here to taco about it. Who's we, you might ask? Oh, well, I'm your chef, Ryan Spilkin, and joining me today is, is the main taco aficionado, Matthew Stubblefield. Matthew, what's happening? Good to see you, Ryan. Uh, for our viewers at home, uh, you might have Maybe you haven't twigged to this, but we we're recording this uh, around lunchtime, and I think we're, we're really feeling it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, my little one had walking tacos the other day at school, and that has gotten me stuck on walking tacos. And uh -huh. listeners, if you're unfamiliar with the walking taco, I highly recommend that you take a moment to check it out. And mm. now I'm hungry. Now I'm starving. Oh, we got to get through yeah. this, Matthew. <laughs> well, let's check out the Atlassian cloud, starting with admin insights for Trello. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Trello's mascot is a little dog named Taco. And our lunchtime hunger-induced brains really fixated on that, hence, hence your lovely episode title today. Uh, so insights, for those of you who don't know, this is a feature Atlassian started rolling out in the cloud last year where you hook together different Atlassian applications and then uh, you uh, have these insight panels that give you a bit of information. They've now added this for Trello. Uh, so from your organization to admin, uh, you can go in admin.atlassian.com, select security, go to insights and enable this. And if you've got Atlassian access, you can now see the active Trello users in the active user charts. Uh, you can also see a new chart breaking down the active Trello users by pricing plan. Uh, so, um, kind of interesting. I mean, most of the insights to date have been more around like, um, frequency of shipping things or moving them to done or something like that. But because Trello is just a tool for making lists, it is difficult to, you know, develop, um, sort of actionable insights for the people doing the work. So here at the admin level, you can at least see your number of active users. I think it would be difficult to make any decisions based on that though, because it's not telling you, like if it's the same users week to week, you could decrease a license count after like a rolling period of time potentially. You know, but yeah, I, I mean the 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 fact that there that one organization can have multiple pricing plans already kind of like makes this a headache inducing uh, prospect to me. <laughs> so yeah. so um, just having any sort of visibility into your license count, I think, would be useful. True. True. Uh, also, the sort of top-level lasting cloud space, you can now add custom email addresses for product notifications. So you can customize the email notifications from Jira so they look like they're coming directly from your company instead of the Atlassian.net domain. Now, notably, you still can't have a custom domain for your Jira site. Like, it's still going to be .atlassian.net. Uh, the ability to set custom domains is coming soon, quote-unquote, uh, at some point. Um, it's been years now. People have been asking for it. Maybe this is the first step. We'll be able to at least have the email uh, show up. That's like the simplest bit, but uh, maybe we'll get that custom web address soon. When we look at the updates to the overall Jira platform, this is changes that are available for any Jira product in the cloud. The first one is a improvement to the view all plans page in advanced roadmaps. So Columns on the view all plans page in advanced roadmaps are now sortable. When you're looking at the view all plans page in advanced roadmaps, sort them according to the plans that you've marked as a favorite, the lead 
for the plan, when the plan was updated, just a quality of life improvement to looking through your roadmaps and across the entire JIRA platform, custom fields now have labels. There is no more confusion over how your custom fields work. You can now hover over the info icon next to a customs field name to read its description. Now, that means that you, the admin, or maybe that's not you, but either way, your admin will need to actually go and describe the custom field, which, as we've been saying for years, is a best practice anyway. So admins Enter descriptions for your custom fields and users will have access to those in a convenient location. And Jira Software knew this week, uh, which is another way of saying it's not on my Alassian instance yet, but maybe it's on yours. <laughs> you can create a branch from the Jira issue view. So provided you have your Jira Software project connected to a source code management tool like Bitbucket or GitHub, you can now create a branch in your connect code tool directly from a Jira issue. Uh, this is something we do a lot on prem. I particularly like it because it ties them together and it gives you that that visibility. Where when you're looking at um, the the Jira software issue, you can see what the status of of that branch is. You know, have there been any pull requests that have been merged, something like that. So there will be a suggested name that includes the issue key, so that that build info will be automatically linked to your issue. Last podcast, we talked about them removing the per pull request functionality from the Jira issue. No, no, no. So it wasn't the pull request functionality. It was the ability to uh, build and release. That's right. That's right. From, okay. from Jira. So yeah, there, there was a feature where, you know, for instance, me as the product manager, I could click a button to run a release from Jira. Yes. Um, they removed that. And then a week later have added visibility to the branch. Um, I, I mean, I guess I don't know what the, I said this last time. I don't know what the logic is of release of removing this functionality. I like being able to release from Jira. Um, it does seem a little weird to now add the visibility Branching. into the branch, yeah. um, but you can't run a release. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Atlassian giveth and Atlassian taketh away. <laughs> Another thing they've given us is the ability to filter by component in your roadmap view. Um, so that's nice. Good. Another use for components. And you can edit the OAuth credentials permission in Jira for self-hosted tools. So if your Jira software cloud site is integrated with uh, on-prem, whether that's you know, Jira or Confluence or something, um, using OAuth, you can now edit the OAuth credentials permission by adding or removing permissions for a tool. Uh, adding a new permission will give the tool access to start sending in the type of data granted by the permission, such as deployment information. Of course, removing a permission will revoke the tool's access to send the type of data that was granted by the permission. Over in Jira Service Management, there is an exciting new feature rolling out slowly, and that is called Forms. Forms use conditional logic to dynamically show or hide fields and can include headings, tables, and rich formatting. You can use forms in your portal to gather information when a request is raised or add forms to existing issues to gather new information as it's needed. That is slick. That is really nice. As I said, they're rolling it out slowly, so keep an eye out under project settings for forms in your left-hand navigation. Another, I wouldn't call this quality of life, but it certainly improves quality of life, would be a post-incident review function directly built into Jira Service Management. This is a, basically a template that brings teams together to discuss what happened, 
why it happened, what impact it had, what actions were taken to resolve it, and how the team can prevent it from happening again. According to Atlassian, post-incident reviews are a chance to uncover vulnerabilities in your system, stop repeat incidents, and decrease time to incident resolution in the future, and are an important step in the life cycle of an always-on service. I'm really curious to see how this is implemented. Um, as you all know, we're kind of going through the release notes here. There is no sick GIF. We don't have a blog post. The feature is not actually available in our Atlassian instance yet. Um, so, you know, is this going to create just a page in Confluence or is this something that's going to be more powerfully integrated with uh, Jira service management where you can then like audit these, report on them, you know, report on impacts of them and track that through? Like I could see a lot of potential with a uh, post-incident review, but my guess is just based on how Atlassian has done stuff in the past is this will be a static document probably linked to the incident. I'm sort of like, my guess is that what it, it's actually going to be like um, from insight, it's probably an artifact. Like it's just like oh. a document in Jira service management, which like is fine. Um, but I love the idea. Lastly, if you're listening and you need some ideas on how to take this further, reach out, buddies. We'll help you out. <laughs> Well, it sounds a lot like the way in uh, Jira software, you can kick off a retrospective from Jira. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. sounds exactly. just like it. And that is a Confluence doc. So if they go with those, if they go with that, you will have some options to add, you know, a page properties macro and, tra and trace as you're suggesting. But again, everything remains to be seen. Further on in Jira service management, you can now find requests in the help center faster with better filters. You can now filter your requests along multiple statuses and request types in your help center request list. This improved filtering experience will make it easier than ever for you to find the requests that you need. You're now also able to get to your objects quicker with insight in JSM. So you're not gonna be scrambling around trying to track down that hard to find object the new overview page for Insight gives you a bunch of ways to access your favorite recently visited objects and object schemas. They say that it's even better because there's a cross schema search bar front and center to save you time. Learn more about searching for Insight objects. If that search works well, Confluence will enter the chat. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> like if that search is effective, Confluence search will someday also be. And finally in Jira service management, Atlassian has improved naming for imported object types. If you import a CSV or JSON into Insight for Jira service management, you will be able to automatically create a new object type using that data. The name of this new object type will now be the file name of your source. Good luck with that. <laughs> source file names reminds me so much of Confluence that uh, let's just read some Confluence cloud updates. And by Why some, not? I mean one, one. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of a neat one. It's a, a search insight around uh, keywords that uh, people are looking for. So you'll now be able to get a detailed understanding of individual search term performance on your site. There'll be some graphs that measure searches and click-through rates over time, as well as insights showing which pages are getting the most clicks and which spaces are being visited most. Uh, so this is similar to uh, um, some stuff you can get through Google Analytics if you're familiar with that, but Google Analytics will only work on your Confluence site if it is public. If it's private, you've never had access to this type of, of data. And this can be really helpful for you know, somebody who's in knowledge management or you know, we've, we've known people in the past with the title Wiki Gardener. Uh, knowing what people are searching for and where they're failing, where they're not finding the information, that's helpful. Knowing where they're being successful, you can promote that. But it gives you a chance to 
you know, kind of play with uh, page titles and descriptions and labels and things like that and help people find the data they need faster. So this is a really, really valuable report being added to Confluence Cloud. With um, the recent addition of, or the recent beta or trial period. It's actually of, an alpha still. Well, I know of the, of, of external collaborators. Again, oh, around Confluence still. Yeah. Yeah. On, yeah Confluence Cloud, you have the, this external thing. This is, it's, it's like they're, they're crafting micro Google. It's like Google mm. for work. You know, mm-hmm. even though Google is everywhere, Atlassian is trying to carve out a similar, it, it, it feels like there's a similar niche that they're trying to carve here. And it feels good, man. Looking at Compass, there are two new features in this past two weeks. One is the activity feed timeline view. So not only are they going Google, they're going full Google Plus, where a component's activity feed in Compass now presents event details on a visual and interactive timeline view showing the relative time distance between a component's events. Also, the Metrics REST API is now available. So the Metrics REST API is available for you to ingest metric values. You'd use the Compass REST API to push metric value to your components. And last in the cloud, introducing a new look for OpsGenie integrations. Uh, You can add these integrations to your account, manage your existing ones from a single integrations menu under settings. Uh, Atlassian has also made integrations easy to set up using a simpler framework which is currently available for Jira Software Cloud and Jira Service Management Cloud integrations. Moving into the on-premise world, let's begin with Jira Software version 8.22.x. This is, again, one of those updates where it's the baseline from which they'll improve everything else. So the features for Jira software and Jira core are identical and they are very foundational. The first one being OAuth 2.0 to make your integrations more secure. This allows you to exchange data with external applications in both directions, either by giving external applications access to JIRA data or letting JIRA request data from these applications out. This also paves the way for popular third-party apps to create their own connectors to be used specifically with JIRA. There are also login performance improvements for basic authentication, and you are able to exclude projects from the data pipeline as well. Everything I just talked about is available in both Jira Core 8.22 and Jira Software 8.22. There's also a list of bugs uh, that were patched in this update. And of course, we will link to that in the show notes. And for those of you who are newer to the Atlassian space, I will just uh, let you know a little bit of Atlassian history. When Ryan says Jira Core, he means what is colloquially known today as Jira Work Management. Uh, what was at one point known as Jira Service Desk is now known as Jira Service Management, which has a 4.22 release today. Uh, well, actually, last week, but you know, maybe today's when you're first hearing about it. Let's just pretend together. Yesterday. For Data Center, um, there's a feature that was beta that is now fully implemented, which is uh, being able to have multiple email channels. So you can configure as many dedicated email channels as you need. 
uh, to, to speed up turning requests into comments uh, or into new tickets. So nice to have that fully released. There's also a new SLA configuration interface, which I'm very excited about, um, not least of which because uh, it includes debugging logs. And uh, SLAs have been um, you know, kind of problematic for a long time. If you have a whole bunch of them and you're getting complexity in there, they can kind of get um, corrupted, cause problems. This configuration interface to me, along with the debugging logs, my hope is that under the hood, there's some significant improvements going into SLAs. And uh, and now we're getting some of the, the front end um, to expose some of that. So really nice to see this. Um, as always, we'll be linking to these release notes in our show notes so you can take a look. You can reuse data with op- auto-populated request fields. So um, I think this is super cool, particularly in the service management space. You'll be able to generate URLs that automatically populate selected request fields. I I don't even know how long we've been asking for something like this. Like it's it's been one of those sort of like bugbears that you could kind of like code a way to do it through some JavaScript, but it's a pain. Just having this built in where you send somebody a URL and then it fills in a bunch of stuff for you and, and they can just fill in like the last piece that you need. Super, super nice. Again, data center only. Um, but a, a really nice addition. And you know, for for our viewers, uh, I'm guessing you all are already on data center, or you will be within the next uh, year. Yeah, uh, you only yeah, have a year. Yeah. yeah. So so you know, uh, if you're if you're wondering how to get to data center, reach out to us at Adaptivist on any social media, or uh, give us an email. Hello at adaptivist.com. Uh, Jira Service Management uh, has a ton of data, as you can imagine. Uh, there are going to be um, some some new additions to uh, the exports, where if you want to export data to, to kind of mine it and, and play with it, you can do that. Added to the exports recently, approvals, canned responses, and knowledge base articles, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, so that's cool. And then beyond that, we're getting to kind of like the baseline stuff Ryan was referring to. Uh, there's some login performance improvements, um, the ability to exclude projects from the data pipeline is particularly relevant if you are connected through um, REST API to pull data out of JIRA uh, to export and, and perform analysis in a BI tool. So maybe for privacy, security reasons, whatever, you know, exclude projects from that's really nice. And then OAuth 2.0 and other uh, improvements and bug fixes uh, for JIRA service management. And finally, in the on-prem update space is Confluence 7.16.1. This is primarily a bug fix release uh, with a particularly hilarious bug of dragging and dropping anything above a page in read mode will add it as an attachment. I can only imagine how many screenshots got mistakenly attached to pages before that became an issue. Uh, Everything else here is just little, little bugs and upkeeps, cleaning up the logs, fixing, pasting an image in the editor, and so on. Of course, we will link to you in the show notes, but this one's pretty small unless you're experiencing any of these issues. And last for this episode of the uh, Lasting Ecosystem podcast, uh, we'll continue to remind you about the upcoming App Day at Team 22, April 5th, 2022 at the Venetian Expo in Las Vegas. Adaptivist is partnering up with AppFire, SmartBear, and Tempo for an inspiring event of Atlassian apps knowledge sharing. Be sure to check out the show notes for a link to register 
for this event. And we hope to see you at Team 22. Well, Matthew, I think that's all the news that's fit to print. I mean, talk about today. And by talk about, I mean, let's go eat some tacos. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. Oh, can't can't beat a Mexican lunch. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. We are so grateful that you're here. Do us a solid. Would you go and review this podcast on your podcast service of choice? Just give us a few stars and a couple of words. We would sure appreciate that. If you want to get a hold of us to talk about tacos or App Day 22 or anything else that we've discussed on this podcast or anywhere else, connect with us on social at Adaptivist. For Matthew Stubblefield, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you again next time on the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. My brain went JSW, Jira Software for Work? No, that's Work Management. No, this is Jira Software. Okay.